You are listening to the Glow CRE podcast with your hosts, Pamela Van Oss and Farah Jackson. Glow CRE stands for Gaining Leaders, Originators, and Women in Commercial Real Estate. And we're bringing you an honest and inspiring look into working as a woman in this industry. Glow CRE is sponsored by Greystone, which is a leading commercial real estate finance company serving the multifamily sector with a range of debt and structured finance solutions. Let's get right into today's episode. We're back with another ally who supports women in commercial real estate and one you'll want to get to know if you're trying to grow a career in commercial real estate. Chris Papa is here with us today. And as a founding partner of executive search firm Jackson Lucas, Chris has almost 20 years of experience and is a well-known advisor to top real estate companies and executives throughout the U.S., Chris is an active member of ULI and NAIOP, is often quoted in industry trade publications, and hosts his own successful industry podcast, the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. Prior to entering the search industry, Chris himself worked in the real estate development and legal fields. Chris, welcome to the Glow CRE Podcast. Hi, <laughs> it's so good to hear you see you um, you, were after, the, you were the host of, of my podcast for for one episode too i was and honestly you're a huge part of the motivation of getting glow cre started um being able to get comfortable talking to you and then talking internally about what we felt was needed in the industry so Thank you for having me on your podcast, and thank you for joining us here today. We're so excited about hearing your unique perspective on our industry. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. I was honored you asked me. Well, we're honored you're here. And Chris, let's just get right into this, get into the crux of what we discuss a lot here on Glow CRE, which is equity and growth for women in our industry. Sure. Having been in recruiting, you're, you know, have, have you been in recruiting for a long time? What differences do you see between men and women in the hiring process? Yeah, that's a good. That's a great question. I'm, I'm actually literally dealing with this right now. Um, there is a uh, women are seem to be a little more worried about what the people are going to think of them, afraid to kind of go after what they want, they get hurt feelings, get bad reputation, something along those lines, and. This is obviously a generality, but and then men are, you know, not so worried about that. And so that's kind of trying to help women I work with say, you know, you don't don't worry about that stuff like just, you know, got to focus on what you what you're what you're after type of thing. Obviously, right. you don't want to leave leave a, a, a bunch of wreckage in your way, but doing it in the right way um, and, and also, you know, asking for what you think you deserve. Salary negotiations versus yeah. just accepting what the offer is, but you also counsel and encourage right them to go after and get the best deal they can. Um, right. And it's interesting that women, you know, and I've, I've this has happened to me, you know, in, in previous roles. You think you may not be qualified for the role, or you're hesitant. And, and this is where you come in and really encourage women to 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 go ahead and pr- pursue their dream and apply for this role and go for it, right? Yeah, I mean, we we provide compensation analysis, and we we have an entire overview of the industry. So it's not we're not advising people to go after things that they shouldn't go after. But if you know if qualified, at least if I think yeah, well if I think that they are below market, they should be definitely asking for what they deserve. And yeah, I try to help 
show them. And a lot of most candidates don't know what they deserve because they don't they're only focused on their job at the moment. Right. But yes, right. in general, in general, I found women to be a little more accepting of kind of what they're offered as opposed to like going after it. Yeah. You, you know, you said something. We've talked a lot on the podcast about how women are more risk averse. They don't like to take that job that maybe they don't feel 100 percent qualified for. But one thing you said that we've never discussed is the emotional aspect. And with women, we do care about the feelings, you know, oh, I don't want to abandon this boss or I don't want to leave someone in a bad position. Um, and it sounds like you hear that more from women and maybe men are like, yeah, good luck to them. I'm going to get that new yeah. opportunity. Yeah, there seems to be more of a caretaking mentality, like I owe it to this person. Yeah, like what are they going to do without me type of thing? It's I mean, it's it's just a societal what do you tell thing, them? right? What do you tell a woman when she says when, you know, she has an opportunity that you're presenting that she, you know, and she's worried about those things. How do you get her over that hump and get her to proceed? Well, it it's it, I try to I use you know, we all watch TV, right? Whatever. You all have that friend who's in this bad relationship <laughs> and they keep complaining <laughs> about it, but they don't leave. Right. And it's mm -hmm. like, I use that as a metaphor. Like, Hey, this is, this is what you sound like to me. Like, would you tell your <laughs> friend to leave like this relationship? And you're in a relationship mm -hmm. just like that right now. Good and, advice. Uh, and when they see it in that way, but it's still like every, even like buying a house, I mean, buying real estate, real estate is great. Cause it's not, doll is numbers but buying like but buying your own uh, personal like your house it's like it's more than that it's a personal it's an emotional decision a lot of our decisions are emotionally based and so people make it's been proven they can put all the facts in front of their face but they make decisions based on emotion um and you know i try to be the facts awesome. in the, in the equation at the end of the day i can't force anyone to do what i think is right and just like you can't force your friend to leave the bad relationship <laughs> right. uh, but we can i can provide my advice my professional advice, advice. Encouragement. Yeah. Focus yeah. on the facts, ladies. Hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about diversity. Are companies pushing for more diversities these days? And when I say pushing, I don't like the difference between quota and really trying to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, every company is different. I think the, you know, the proof's in the pudding, right? I mean, it's like, do the means justify the end? So like I have, I have, Big institutional clients, where there, as you saw over the last couple of years, there's there is a lot of influence. Capital drives decisions, right? And so the right. capital was saying, "Hey, you better start hiring people that look like this." And so they started doing that. And what if the reasoning was just to get the capital, or because they actually cared? Like at the end of the day, like ten years from now, are we going to know the difference when we have all these people who look differently in all these different places? Um, I think. Whatever gets make it makes it happen, it's worth it, right? Got um, it. But it's it's more than that. It's about one, it's the hiring, but then it's two, it's about changing the culture internally. Like, how do we, you know, people who are maybe aren't used to, you know, if you keep hiring the same people, it, they're used to training the same people the same way, and like doing, you know what I mean? But if you have people from different backgrounds, you have to. It's more than just hiring. It's also how do we operate our business and train these people? It's definitely become top of mind and uh, we get a lot of folks who are really pushing it but then you know and then we hit like a little snag in the economy right interest rates go up people aren't doing deals and like what's the kind of the first thing that goes out the window it's like all right esg diversity like these things are like are they nice yeah. to have or do we have to have <laughs> and like now it's kind of like when things get a little rocky it's when you kind of are really seeing 
if it's how the commitment, tr- yeah, yeah, the commitment to it. Yeah. Right. So where are we seeing opportunities today, given where the market is? Where are you seeing opportunities specifically for women too today? I mean, overall, asset management is the hottest, you know, as you can probably imagine, like people are trying to, you know, we have these assets, we've got to figure out ways to what we're going to do with them and like how we're going to get the most money out of them. And I found, you know, their traditional roles for women, quote unquote, like you see them, like the one that you don't see a lot of women in is in the, in the acquisitions roles, right? The kind of the deal making roles, the deal roles. And I think it goes back to what we just mentioned initially, like it's just like, you know, the cultural training of women to be not ask for what they want and be more accommodating and not be aggressive and have sharp elbows. Uh, but there has been a rise in women in that in those roles at, at big firms. And I think that's great. And it's um, it's leading younger women to see, oh, there are women in these these roles and kind of shoot, go after them. Um, so traditionally, like women are in like leasing roles or like more of the caretaker roles, you know what I mean? Like the property management, like those type of type of roles. Or the back and office, the accounting, the, the accounting. Know, yeah. The like underwriting, processing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see a lot of like CEO women. You see a lot of COO women or something, you know, like something along those yeah. lines traditionally. But it, it, I have seen, you know, I started this in 04 recruiting and there has definitely been a shift. I mean, it's getting better. And we did a, uh, we have a compensation uh, practice where we help folks determine compensation and we do all these surveys and all this type of stuff. And we did one uh, right before COVID to like end of 2019, 2020, a couple thousand respondents and the the disparity in pay, I forget the exact uh, roles, but generally it was women were making less than men and it was mainly on the bonus. So like kind of the base salary seemed to be similar, but the bonuses were like, and kind of, I find a lot of firms pay bonuses. You never know what the metrics are on your bonuses, right? It's like, hey, and sometimes it's just, <laughs> we got to pay this person if we want to keep them and we can pay this person less because we don't, we think we can keep them at less, right? And um, so maybe it's the mentality was women were like, hey, we can, we can pay them less because they're going to be, they're not going to complain. Um, and so, but then we did, we did, we did the survey this year and it actually like, the women comp on a lot of roles that were down were, were above men now. So there was like a whatever was going on in, in society affected the real estate compensation market. Um, so it did work. And we'll see, you know, we'll keep doing these surveys and kind of see if it continues. Very That's interesting. Interesting trend. Yeah. So it's a big decision for anyone to make a career move or break into a new industry. What's something that you think women should know when considering a new job or navigating the commercial real estate landscape in general? Well, I always think, you know, companies that we work with, they're always like, we want to check references on these people that they're hiring. I, I, I encourage all my candidates to check, re- you know, informal references on the, on the places that they're interviewing. So find people who, who don't work there anymore that used to work there. Like, why, what do they like? What did, you know, obviously take everything, take everything with a grain of salt, but like, what, what, are, what's, what's really going on there? You know what I mean? Because always people, people are always putting their best foot forward and they're trying to, you know, sell you if they like you, but what's really going on there? And, you know, one of the things you should look at if you're a woman is like, are there any people, any women in leadership roles at this firm? Right. Like how many women actually on. work there? Like, are there women in leadership roles and why, and why aren't there? Because I've had uh, clients who you know, they wanted to hire really high level women and they've said, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't see any women on leadership roles. Like I'm not going to work there. So, um, yeah, just check, I've heard do, all, that do your research. Yeah. Do your Recently research. From, yeah. 
And um, if they don't have women in high level roles, maybe they realize that and they're trying to make it trying to change things. And um, but sometimes it's 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 a cultural thing. I've heard from some candidates that, you know, I I want to report to a woman. I want to work for a woman or some, you know, the woman's running the division or that department. So I'm hearing that more and more from candidates. And we have definitely talked about the importance of company culture when you're choosing the the job or the company that you want to work for, because you spend more time there in many cases than you do anywhere else in your waking hours. So it's so important that you make smart decisions there. Yeah, culture is not something you're going to see on. I mean, you can kind of see it on a website, but really, I would suggest really talking to people that yeah. that friends of friends or people that used to work there. Why don't they work there anymore? Like, find out what's really going on. It's a great one. So you talked about you haven't seen very many women in the sales positions. Um, what other jobs do you see companies looking for people in commercial real estate, but often women don't even consider? It's... Uh, we spoke to a, a potential client yesterday about a role, a, a, like a head of construction role. And so very few women in the construction industry. And yeah. uh, I, I would encourage women, if they're interested in that, to, to, to follow that career path. I mean, people are want, clients do want to hire women in those roles. There's just a, there's a scarcity. There's just not many of them. And so uh, I would definitely encourage women to, to follow like, you know, and like, there's construction is a huge industry. We don't, we cover the construction as it relates to real estate, like mm-hmm. development. Um, but uh, yeah, construction is a huge industry. My sister is a, uh, I have a sister, much younger sister. She's 26. She's an engineer. She works for the city of Austin, Texas. And like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a, a, a college engineering seminar, mm-hmm. but there's like, you know, two women in there. And so <laughs> I actually, uh, Shout out to some of my college friends from Auburn, but I have three or four women that were engineers from Auburn. And, you know, in many times, only women in the field, only women in that meeting. And, you know, they're not on the commercial real estate side of it, but I, you know, never even thought about the impact on construction. We work with lots of construction teams and there's no women. Yeah, you have your own internal construction. Like I, yeah, we've placed a lot of construction as it relates to real estate development. And and you don't have to be an engineer to be in construction, but just construction management courses, like all that type of stuff, it seems to be a, it's still one that is very, very heavy, heavily male dominated. I mean, there's a lot of them, but that one just seems to be the standout. And that's huge opportunity for women looking Mm -hmm. to go into commercial real estate, starting looking in that field. I mean, that's huge opportunity. And just one thing on the engineers, I have twins at University of Wisconsin-Madison, both engineers. And oh, wow. I say, how many women are in your class? And they said, none. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'll have us uh, one and maybe one class, two and another, but mm-hmm. it's still the same <laughs> even yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, so it's, uh, yeah, and, uh, people are incentivized. I mean, I think the government incentivizes, you know, women-owned businesses and stuff like that. So it's, it's something to really look into. So... Having said all that, how do we get more women in roles that you don't traditionally see women in? You know, how do we how do we motivate? How do we direct? I mean, how how do we encourage? It's ideally it starts at the you know the the high school and the college ranks and getting more right. women interested in that. But it, I don't have control over that per se. So I think you as, don't <laughs> I, well, a little bit. I'm very powerful, but not that powerful. Uh, I, for clients, it's taking it's sometimes it's taking a chance. Like I would have um, 
clients come to me, we need to hire a diversity person or something. And then they, they'd see the candidate pool and it, it's a limited candidate pool. So it's not always the same, you know, you could find thousand white guys and maybe 15 non-white guys for this role. Right. Um, and maybe there's a lot of, so you have to like take a chance on, on one of these cause they might not have the exact, you know, it might not be the school. Like you're used to hiring people from Princeton and this person maybe, yeah, I didn't go to Princeton. Like maybe this person didn't go to Princeton and she's like, it's like you're not going to find so take a chance um you know they might have the skill set like put them through the put them through the the tac- technical skill sets challenges that you have to put through people through but you know there's still like i said there's still that like kind of a a, a lot of it i don't think is, is is i think a lot of it's an unconscious bias they don't even you know realize it it's just like mm-hmm. we want to find people that are like us because we we know we're comfortable with us so we want to find people that look like us and like go to the same schools as us right. um Right. So it's really be. I think it, the awareness of it is, is, and at least having like one or two people within a company that's really pushing that, um, that really, really believes in it and just is involved in the hiring process. Because if, you know, you could say everything, but if you don't have anyone that really believes in it, it it's really not much is going to change. And, you know, we were talking earlier about the roles that we do have women in and in many companies, that's HR. So the women that are listening in HR, help us. Help us get more women into these roles. Look for those resumes. So there's a statistic that I saw not too long ago that only 7% of women negotiate their starting salary while more than 30% of men do. Has that been your experience? Do women, without your prompting, tend to negotiate what's offered to them? Uh, I, I would say less. Less so. I don't, I don't know about the, the – I don't know about 7%, but definitely – I, I have found women to be more accepting of, all right, yeah, that, that works type of thing. You know what I mean? I have found women to be less, uh, yeah, pushing for maybe getting more. And I, I don't know if that means it is, you know, when you ask for more, there's more pressure on you too. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's part of the reason or they just want to be, you know, liked more so. Which is important to some yeah. women. It's not just women that do that. There's a lot of men that do that too, but. Uh, I would say more women than men. But like I like I said earlier, like all these things are kind of they seem to be changing. It seems to be getting better. Like my experience has been like more women are are asking for more and, and kind of know a lot of them know the position they're in. Like, hey, we're people want us now, like more so like so we can ask for more. So what tips can you give our listeners? Say some of them aren't working with someone like you. They're doing this on their own. What tips can you give them to successfully negotiate for the salary that they want? Data. Hard data. Um, that's that's the best. I mean, walk in with data. It's not emotional. Hey, this is what I'm seeing in the marketplace. I've, I've, you know, a lot. You know, we have a we have data reports. A lot of other search firms and and research firms have data reports. That's one. And then two, I would I would definitely find a mentor. Like find a, a female, sometimes a, a male mentor, mm-hmm. um, that can help you because uh, you know we don't none of us do this alone. And most people in senior positions are, I've found, are are, def- are willing to help. They want to help. So go find a mentor, someone to work with, bounce ideas off of, and uh, yeah, bring the data. Data doesn't lie. Yeah, I've been in many situations where renegotiating comp in data is key. Is. That that you know, no emotion, data. All yeah, and there's the much more. There's much more data than there's ever been before. Yeah. On this stuff. Um, and so, easier to it, access it. You don't have yeah, to know wants, the right person yeah, to call. Wants, you Google. Shoot me, shoot me an email, chrisp at jacksonlucas.com. We have a whole entire compensation data report 
uh, happy to help you. There you go. Perfect. Well, Chris, we're glad you're on our side and helping us and women get, you know, what we deserve, encouraging us to to ask for what we deserve. Uh, you just talked about mentor. What about the importance of, you know, similar being an ally and, and what does uh, being an ally mean to you? That's a great question. Like, what does it mean? It, it means I'm an ally to it's not just women. Mm-hmm. Right. So all your clients probably. Right. Yeah. But I'm also an ally to. It goes, it's a much deeper thing for me. Like I'm a very spiritual person. Um, one of my heroes is St. Francis. And so one of the things he always did was he was, he reached out to the outskirts of society and tried to bring him into the center of society. And so that's my mission in life is to try to bring people that are on the outside of society and then get them incorporated more into the middle of society. So if anyone, you know, whether it's women or people of different, you know, ethnic diversity or sex diversity or any sort of diversity like i am you know i try to incorporate the minority opinions of life into more of the you know i happen to be a a male white male and i have the ability to have the power to to kind of help that situation just making it inclusive i mean that's so important that's it that's it so turning the page a bit we want to dig down deep and get some of your wisdom from your many (laughs) years in the industry what is the best advice you've ever received? Um, the best advice I've ever received. Holy smokes, that's a that's a tough question. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the best I would say career-wise, I remember early on in my career, I was I didn't really. Well, my dad would always say, if you do something long enough, you learn to like it. I don't know if that's a great advice, but it definitely. <laughs> you know, sometimes we sometimes we end up in jobs. We didn't want to be in Mm -hmm. by necessity. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we got to learn to like it. But I remember early on, I was doing this recruiting thing and I wasn't making much money. And I was like, I got to try to make a a side hustle. Right. That was my thing. I'm going to do side hustle. I'm going to figure something out. I remember my mom saying, why don't you take all the energy that you're trying to do a side hustle with and concentrate on your career with it on on what you already have as a job. And so I think it is like sometimes like the job we have. We may not love the day to day of it, but I think sometimes it's about like creating our own little space within that job that we like. Um, Because I didn't really like recruiting when I got into it, but then I was able to build out something and uh, find find something within recruiting that I really liked. My first five years in recruiting, I was trying to get out of it. So awesome how that works out. Right. Yeah. So this is the part of the podcast where we love to hear what a famous quote you have you know, that you want to tell our listeners what stuck in your mind over the years and helped you in your career or life. I mean, you kind of hit on a few things right now, but is there a famous quote that you think our listeners would benefit? Or, or infamous quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, I don't know if it's a quote. I have to go back to my, there's a Franciscan monk. His name is Richard Rohr. He's, he's alive today. He's based out of New Mexico. He runs a center for action and contemplation, and he has these five essential truths about life. And one of them is your life is not about you. And so my life is not about me. It's about serving others. And so that's that's what I try to bring into the every day. That's a great one. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your perspective on careers for women in commercial real estate. We are ending this episode with the hope that women will continue to make gains hopefully significant, in the industry. But we know we still have a lot of ground to cover. 
So to our Glow CRE listeners, we hope you enjoyed meeting Chris today and hearing a new perspective. We want to thank you once again for listening and thank you for helping us reach 1,000 downloads on the Glow CRE podcast. Until then, keep glowing, ladies.